Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at brainwaves we tell our stories, and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us, and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. Brainwaves, hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM on your dial via the app or digitally. My name is Flick Manning and I'm your host for today. Brainwaves is a mental health focused show with a lived experience lens and today myself and my guests are going to be talking about inflammatory bowel diseases or IBD as we like to shorten it to and the experience of mental health that many of those living with IBD experience alongside the predominant symptoms of the condition. For those listening who may be unfamiliar with IBD, there are a couple of diseases that sit under that banner, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. And the manifestations of the disease vary in their location, severity, and we can also experience many chronic symptoms outside the gut itself. These are referred to as extra-intestinal symptoms, and they can include brain fog, severe fatigue, skin rash, chronic body pain, headaches, hearing loss, and much, much more. The diseases are autoimmune in nature, making all of us that experience it immune compromised, so it means we get sick with bugs and viruses much easier and very often much more severely. And of course, the incidence of mental health in IBD is very, very high too. There are around 200,000 people in Australia living with IBD, and Australia has one of the highest incidences of the disease in the entire world. I too have IBD in the form of Crohn's disease. I've had it since I was a teenager. And now I'm going to introduce you to our other two fabulous guests who are going to tell you a little bit more about their own experience, not only with IBD, but with mental health. So let me introduce you to those. First of all, we have Sazi. Sazi's been on our show before. She's a palliative care nurse consultant based in South Australia. She's a huge advocate for body positivity, empowering and inspiring others in their own IBD, IVF and miscarriage journeys. She was, in fact, the first South Australian Crohn's and Colitis Australia ambassador, and she has a fab merch store for those with IBD or those who want to be allies called Prince by Sazi. I own a couple of rocking jumpers, I have to say, so make sure you get behind those. And Aaron, Aaron Sanders, is a born and bred South Australian too, living with his partner Jody and five-month-old son Franklin. He was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2012 after being misdiagnosed with a parasite and has managed his condition via infusions ever since. He's a passionate foodie and competed in season 13 of MasterChef Australia. Aaron uses his social media platform to spread awareness for this invisible disease and has a personal passion for mental health and increasing awareness around men's mental health. 
Aaron is also a Crohn's and Colitis Australia ambassador and is excited to create different recipes and share food ideas with the Crohn's and Colitis community. A huge welcome to both of you today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, hi, Sarah. Hi, Flick. Hi. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me back on. It's great to, to be here and also with my fellow South Aussie Aaron. So <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so let's kick it off. How do you both think that having a gut-related disease has influenced your mental health? I definitely got heavily impacted by um, the condition. Um, I was probably at my fittest when I finally got uh, diagnosed with this and it pretty much put a halt to everything that was going on. Um, I'd already battled mental health in my early teens, so this was kind of a restarting point, and I got the super fun side effects from the prednisolone that uh, pretty much re-triggered the exact same feelings again as you went through all the trail of drugs to get to the one that works. So um, it's been very forefront for me. I can completely relate to that. How about you, Sazi? I think uh, growing up with um, Crohn's disease was really difficult and I think it affected my mental health because I couldn't do the things that everyone else could do and I I suppose I was jealous in a way because I was just envious really um, and I think I really struggled with that. Um, so that's probably one aspect that it, it affected, um, yeah, just not being able to be a healthy person and be well um so that really does put a a, a dampener on on how you're feeling and and your mental health so that's how it affected me yeah i completely relate to both of you there it's a sort of a serious case of fomo um i think really any age that you get diagnosed but particularly if you're a child a teenager or in your 20s for example that can be really obvious when everyone else is going out partying or eating all the cakes and lollies and doing all those fun things or even just using their body right just having that full nice. amount of energy and you're just flat on your back going all I did was have a shower mm. what's going on so yep. I totally get that um so we talk about flares a lot of the time and very often for people that don't have chronic conditions, they don't really know what we mean by a flare. So for us, that's kind of when all of our symptoms spike up really intensely and cause us to have to make massive changes potentially to the way we're living at that particular point in time that may affect work, personal relationships, all those kinds of things. And then we have the mental health aspects of having a flare. Can you both describe to me what the experience of mental health is for you when you are going through a flare of the disease? I think um, for me, the hardest part was getting anyone to understand what was going on because it might have been the day before where I was perfectly fine and then the next day I could barely move. Um, I was surfing a lot at the time when I got diagnosed and that was one of the biggest things. We'd have a group of us and I'd managed to surf for the day and then was basically useless for the next 24 hours. Um, and no one could understand why. They're like, oh, you're just picking and choosing what you can and can't do. And so then the little voices start to creep in and it's like, well, I won't do that because I don't want to let anyone down the next day or straight afterwards or 
anything like that. So I'd start to shy away from doing things that I enjoyed because of fear of upsetting people around how that kind of left it afterwards um, and really focusing more on what uh, they wanted to do rather than myself. Yeah, it's almost like you start to shrink away from your own personal identity in order to cater for the world's view of what health and well-being should actually look like, particularly when there's just that lack of understanding. So I fully, and it's so pervasive, that really can get into your mind and your mindset. So I fully get that. How about you, Sazie? I, uh, for, for me personally, I think I do remember feeling like, when is this going to end? And I think you get yourself in this rut and um, an emotional, I don't know, spiral that just goes down and down and down. And you're thinking, how am I going to get through this? Yeah, when is it going to end? And you just sort of, you're more of an introvert and you just, yeah, you shy away from things. You stop eating food because you don't want to go to the toilet. You know, like it just changes your whole body. It's not just your mental health, but, I mean, that is severely affected because just the unknown of when am I going to feel better again is really scary for um, for a lot of us that are, are, are living with this disease. Yeah, 100%. But then even outside of flares, you know, we could go into periods of remission and it's a little bit different to remission from other diseases that people may have heard of doesn't necessarily mean that all your symptoms have gone away. It actually just means that maybe the predominant symptoms of your disease have gone away or that you're not bad enough to be hospitalised. But you could still be very affected by the extra intestinal manifestations and also the mental health impacts of having the condition as well. How do you then manage your mental health alongside having a condition where it's never really entirely gone? Growing up with the disease, I never really had someone to talk to, but I think... I'm more more of an open and honest person and I think I would be, for me, sharing how I'm feeling, not just about my IBD or what what I've gone through, but in my other uh, things that I go through that have been caused by my IBD, I think talking to someone has really helped my mental health. You won because I think it continues to evolve and because it is always the unknown, like in the example of the flare-up, you know, you go... Well, is it a flare-up or has everything that I've been doing stopped working and the condition is now back? Mm. And you then spiral back out of control in terms of all those things that were the the bad at the time. Um, And so it does, it takes a continuous toll, like every little feeling you get that's similar to a symptom, it's like, well, hang on, what was that? What was this? And it does play on your mind constantly. Um, But... Uh, my big thing this year has actually been part of the essay group. I found Sarah on Insta and we connected via that. And having that group to talk to, to share and discuss with has been amazing. I felt very imposter syndrome at the first catch-up because mine is so different. Um, but everyone made me feel like it, it doesn't matter. That's It's different. We're all in the same boat. It's just... A different version of it um which is so nice but it just gives that sort of space to go i know what you're dealing with and i know how that feels and i know what the world feels like for you and that that i think just is such a big help in this space because no one can see this that you look normal 95 percent of the time so 
people kind of look at you and go, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? Um, and it is debilitating. It takes a lot of control over your life. 100%. I love that you two found each other, by the way. Can we all just, everyone listening, just have like that warm, fuzzy moment? I hope you <laughs> all have someone in your life, whether it's a group on Facebook or whether it's someone that you reach out to on Instagram or whatever, whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life, reach out. There are people out there that will welcome you in. And even if you think that your condition is so different to everybody else's, believe me, there is somebody that's going to have a common thread to you. And that's such an important thing for mental health. When people learn of your condition or even when health professionals discuss it with you, what are their assumptions or misconceptions that come up about your mental health? I'm going to say on this one, when, when I, um, this is probably the weirdest question for me because when I thought about it, I was like, oh, no one has asked me. <laughs> um, my mental health side of things has probably been the biggest thing missed. Um, I have a fantastic specialist, but that's probably something we haven't discussed um, and gone into enough, I think. Um, so I am very much now going to take that away <laughs> and find out more so where my support is outside of our little SA group, but to utilise what I should be getting from the medical professions um, in terms of just an understanding of how it's impacting me mentally as well as physically because um, we've been so focused on the physical side of things, we kind of miss the mental bit. Um, and my friends are probably a bit the same. They really only want to know how it's impacting your body um, because I guess that's the bit they can't see, but they also can't see what it's doing to your head. That's a really, really great point and very interesting that you haven't been asked. It's a, it's very interesting when I speak to a lot of people with, with chronic illnesses across the board, particularly those that are invisible. It's, it's I would say, 75% of people that I speak to say that they feel that there's a deep misconception about their mental health, that they often get spoken to as though their mental health has caused the disease to occur in the first place and the focus is too much on that, but from an angle of maybe a bit blame. And then other people that the other 25%, like yourself, Aaron, where it's missed entirely. Uh, Sazi, what's your experience been? Exactly the same as Aaron. Um, I, I'm trying to think when I was first diagnosed, I don't think, I cannot remember once being asked about my mental health. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, that, that was back in 1998. So it was a long time ago and mental health wasn't, there was a stigma behind back then. Um, and I know that people are more open and honest now. But I not even, I probably have maybe one friend that would actually genuinely check in about my mental health even now, but it's always how are you feeling, how are your bowels. It's always about the physical side of things with, with your disease. So I've had the same experience and that's purely one of the reasons why I started that um, IBD support group is because I didn't get support and someone to talk to as, as a younger person and so I just wanted to give that back. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, same experience, which is really disappointing. It is. Mm. Well, what's going on, Adelaide? Yeah. I know. Where's, I'm thinking. Where's your Adelaide? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, look, I was born and raised in oh. WA, and my experience was more on the other side, which was very much just you're really stressed. And you're causing this to happen to yourself and you basically need to toughen up. You're being too sensitive. It kind of all came from that angle and it took a lot to unpack 
the mental health implications of the disease and how to cope with it and how to be able to talk about it because I was really effectively shamed into not talking about it. It's interesting that we all kind of have these differing experiences, but I hope that what people listening and taking away, whether again, you're an ally or, you know, whether you're someone going through it is that mental health is relevant. And sometimes it is nice to have that part of your life checked in on. And even without a disease, we should probably all be checking in on everyone's mental health because it plays a phenomenally huge role in your well-being and the way that you move through the world. So if you've got a phone near you, slide into someone's DMs, send a text message, (laughs) even if it's a funny gift, just make sure your friends and family are actually doing okay right now. Now, your personal experiences with mental health itself, the experience of mental health conditions, what has that perhaps taught you about society's broader understanding or perceptions of the roles of physical and mental health? I still think we've got a huge way to go. I don't think people grasp how controlling your brain is over your body um, and how you can be so impacted by the mental side of things over the physical side of things. And I kind of always think about that from the flip side when everyone goes at the gym, they go, you can... You can always do it. Your brain will tell you to give up 10 times, but, you know, keep pushing to the 11th. And it's like, but on the flip side, you're, that, you're constantly in a mental battle. And we're not focusing enough on the mental side of things to help people manage the, the condition itself. Because as you kind of alluded to just then, like people have kind of put aside the mental aspect of the condition and how stress can cause flare-ups and things like that and how we manage that side of things is really important because you can actually help look after the condition and yourself um, with a good mental health plan so i think it's still got a huge amount of work to do because as we just said we've never even been asked the question um, and it should be part of every care plan to help people understand how to manage that mental health 100% agree with you. I still find it really baffling that when people go through the process of diagnosis, that not during the diagnosis phase, that they're not offered all of these types of help. And then when they are diagnosed, that they're still not offered these types of help. Most people are still missing a mental health care plan, a nutritionist, a nurse or someone that they can talk to on a regular basis, you know, dietitians, holistic health professionals that could be helping them as well. So it tends to be just the specialist and very often only once you're at the point of sort of getting that diagnosis together, but very rarely before or after it as well. So I think you've absolutely nailed that on the head. Sazi, what about you? I mean, of late, uh, I've, I've spoken about this before, Flick, um, and I'm not shy in talking about it, but I've had, you know, multiple miscarriages and so I've that that's been a, a big taking a big on my mental health and that's my main experience that I've had with mental health and accessing um counseling or um a psychologist I like I said I never did with my Crohn's disease it was never offered to me but it's funny how with grief or with miscarriage or with IVF which I've you know experienced that that's offered and it's not offered in Crohn's or or in my experience um so I just, I think it is really important um, to be 
checking in obviously with your own mental health but just be seeking that that assistance um it's that has been so helpful for me and just me be able to navigate my thoughts and go and just process it and and when I am getting what an intrusive thought or something I'm being overwhelmed I sort of know how to deal with that and that would have been really handy back in the day um thank you for raising this as well because a lot of um a lot of people do experience things like miscarriage alongside diseases like inflammatory bowel disease. Certainly, mm. I'm one of those people myself. Again, there's we we probably all have our our own hypothesis as to why that is. Surgeries poking around in there, inflammation, immune system doing right. its thing. We've got all these things yeah. going on, but these are things that people should try to be aware of as they're moving forward through their journey, and of course, seeking that mental mm. health assistance where they can. I also think another thing that we're deeply uneducated on is the fact that inflammation, I mean, it's in the name of our disease, inflammatory. And in the inflammatory system has a huge impact on your brain, which means it has a huge impact on your mental health. So if that's not really being unpacked for us and we're not being given the appropriate education on, for example, our neurotransmitters and how all of that presents in the body or how we can deal with the natural inflammation of exercise that they encourage us to do after the fact these are all things that we're learning on the job and that's not very easy to do so again lots of information that that sort of can still be shared and we need our health professionals and our mental health professionals to have that same information as well so that they can help us as we move forward now how would both of you advise people to approach a mental health discussion with someone who does have a chronic illness like us? I think it's really important to listen and be open and be honest and just have a, a, a like you said, a judgment-free zone where you can share information. I think that is really important because when someone opens up or you open up and you're vulnerable, you, I think you're more likely to share more and get better, better help, if that makes any sense. Um, I know that I've found that in my personal experience by being vulnerable, if, you know, at times if I felt that I could and just listening, um, people were really happy to help me and I'm happy to help them. I I don't know. I just, not, not always giving unsolicited advice. (laughs) Well, in this, in this case, I directly solicited it. So it's okay. (laughs) But I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. I mean, I know a lot of people mean very, very well, and they really do. For those people that really Mm. want to tell us about the latest article that they read that tells you that eating spinach leaves is going to be the cure-all for our diseases, bless you for wanting to help. But the best thing that you can do, as Sazia said, is listen, actively listen. What about you, Aaron? What do you think? I have to... 1000% 1000% agree actively listen and I think asking your questions honestly and then giving them the time to answer vulnerably is crucial um because there's like I don't I I certainly don't I don't get offended if someone wants to know what's going on I get offended if they ask me and then interrupt me because then I'm like you didn't really want to listen you didn't really want to hear what's going on. Um, but it's that genuine care when it's, you know, it's, I don't know about what's going on with you. Um, I've never heard of it before. Can you tell me more about it? Like, ask away. Like, ask anything. I'm an open book on it. It doesn't bother me. 
but it's that genuine listening and the opportunity to be vulnerable and share, you know, what it's sort of done to your life so far, how you're managing it, how it still impacts you. Um, I think that's a really great starting point for a discussion. Um, and yeah, the unsolicited advice um, was a, a funny gift going around at the moment and it's like I have Crohn's disease and it repeats I have Crohn's disease and then it gets to the end and it's like my neighbour just takes this that fixes everything and it's like no. <laughs> I've seen that it's great. Neighbor, yeah. <laughs> I think that one does the rounds every couple of months yeah. I think we've all been kind of probably offered the same thing at some point but yeah absolutely so relevant that you brought up vulnerability I think that's such a beautiful way of putting it um I have a very good friend who works in the chronic illness space. Her name is Michelle Irving, and she says that the best thing we can do for somebody else is to hold their vulnerability with care. Mm. And I think that's a really beautiful way of doing it, just imagining just, just gently like you're holding a little baby fluffy chick that's new to the world, nice and gentle and warm. That's the environment we want our vulnerability to be held in, and we are all capable of doing that with a little bit of practice and a little bit of care. We are all actually involved in raising awareness and funds for Crohn's and Colitis Australia as ambassadors. And through September every year, we do this amazing thing called the Live Feelers Challenge. This will be my sixth one, actually. Um, so I'm very oh, excited about that. Thank you. And go, what we do, here. yeah, I know, like I actually, it's, it is marked on my calendar every year. As soon as I know September's coming, it's like the LFC is on. So I am ready and raring to go. Now, for the LFC, participants complete 150 kilometres of physical movement, whether it's running, swimming, chair, yoga, weights, whatever it is that moves you is totally fine. You don't have to be a gym junkie or have full mobility even to complete uh, this task. And what we do is we use this as an opportunity to stimulate and raise discussion about this invisible disease, but also to change the way that we feel about living with the disease itself, particularly because it currently has no cure and no definitive cause. So it sort of sits in that unknown grey area of medicine. And of course, as we've said, it's invisible. So the Live Fillers Challenge to me is really important and a really powerful tool, again, to raise that awareness. But I love that at this part of the year, it also gives me an opportunity to take a good look at what my body is capable of what capacity it has at this current time. Because let's face it, when you've got a chronic condition that goes up and down, it moves like a little wave. And it gives me an opportunity to try any different things. It helps me to refocus on my mental health and my mindset and to really remind myself that my disease, while it does, you know, it is a part of me, I ultimately am still capable of so much. And I have so much respect for my body when I come through the Live Fearless Challenge each year because each year I'm like, I did 150 kilometres and, you know, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that. So what does it mean to both of you and how are you going to tackle it this year? This is my first year, so I'm really excited and that was possibly the most motivational little speech I've ever had for it, so I'm, like, raring to go. <laughs> um I'm really excited to test that side of things. Um, part of what I'm actually doing this year as well is doing recipe cards um, for the month. I'm hoping to do, I'm aiming for about eight or nine recipes. Um, I've got four or five already done, um, but they're just generalised ones to help people fuel themselves through the challenge because 
obviously we're all going to be working hard to hit that 150 Ks, however we're doing it. Um, but I want to make sure that we're also fed and looking after ourselves nice and easy. So I am very, very excited. Um, I can't wait to get stuck into it with our SA team. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking so to the journey. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited for your recipe cards because we've got an actual Master Chef contestant making <laughs> recipe cards. You know, we don't get that kind of attention very often when it comes to food. So, Aaron, I will be get I will be all over in the kitchen and um, trying that out. Sazi, what are you going to get up to this time around? Well, I'm very excited for Aaron for, for his first um, Live Fearless Challenge because I know how much he's going to bring to our team. So we've got a big team with our IBD group. They're called Trust Your Gut, um, IBD Warriors of South Australia. And this is my fourth LFC, so I'm really excited about that. But um, I'm going to be doing my Pilates. I'll be doing walking. And actually this year uh, is, so in September, well, September the 16th is Susie, my stoma, my ileostomy's birthday. So I'm actually having a fundraising event at my house. I'm really excited. Everyone's wearing purple. And I'm going to have some raffles and just some drinks and nibbles and a good way to get together. And I'll be talking, obviously, about Crohn's and Class Australia. Everyone knows I'm an ambassador. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's a, I'm actually doing, yeah, a little birthday slash fundraising event. So that will be fun. But to me, the Live Fearless Challenge is not only about proving to myself what my body is capable of and what it can achieve. It's actually really about educating the community, my work colleagues, everyone online. About what Crohn's and colitis is and how it affects our lives and how amazing our bodies are regardless of having these this disease so it's really about empowerment for me and I love it I love I love I love doing it um, and obviously raising money is is an, an extra bonus for me it's more about awareness to, for me obviously the money is great because it goes to Crohn's and Colitis Australia and we can help people living with the disease and help with funding IBD nurses, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I get really excited about it, just like all of you. So I know our team's going to absolutely smash it this year. <laughs> I'm so stoked for both of you. And, um, you know, I'm the team yeah. leader of the of a Victorian team myself, so I'm very keen Woo-hoo. for all of this. So one of the exciting things for those of you who are listening at home this is not just for people that have IBD. We are doing this fabulous thing this year, which I think is a great initiative where we have open teams. And that means that whether you're an ally or you're in a different state or you just want to give yourself a physical and mental challenge just to see what you are capable of too and to truly live fearlessly in that beautiful body of yours and that mind of yours, you can join in an open team. And that means that you can participate, you can get involved, you can get to know all of us a little bit through social media and what we're doing. And it means that you get to help to raise money as well for a very worthwhile cause. As Sazi said, towards you know uh, nurse practitioners, and it can also be towards research. They give out fantastic fellowships as well for people that are doing research into causes and cures and treatments and things like that as well. So it's a super fantastic way for everyone in the community to get involved. So you can actually jump onto cronesandcolitis.org.au now and you can check out all of the information. And of course, you can also follow all of us on social media. All those tags will be up when this goes live. So that way you can find out what we're up to and you can get involved and participate. 
And even if for some reason you decide, hey, the LFC, I can't physically do it myself this year, then please, if even if you've got $2, it's tax deductible, make sure that you donate to our cause and make sure Crohn's and Colitis Australia gets the funds that they desperately need in order to help all of us in Australia, the 200,000 plus people in Australia living with this invisible condition. Now, I've got to wrap things up, unfortunately, but thank you so much, Sazi and Aaron, for coming on and sharing your personal stories. I really appreciate it. I know a lot of people at home will be going, I didn't even know anything about IBD, and now I do. So thank you both so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Flick, for giving us this space to share what we what we love sharing and just helping other people. So thank you. Absolute pleasure. Now, as I mentioned, you can jump on and you can follow all of us, make sure that you get on Sazi's page as well. Buy some of her Crohn's and Colitis merch. She's making some <laughs> awesome stuff. Download Aaron's recipes, get involved, jump into one of our teams. Come on, I'm egging you on. Trust me, you know you want to do the Live Feelers Challenge. <laughs> of course, as well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and tuning into Brainwaves. And remember that your mental health is of equal importance to your physical health. So if you are yet to do so today, let's bring them together in alignment with a nice deep inhale, a nice big exhale. And remember to give the kindness to yourself that you so easily give to others. I look forward to joining you next time on Brainwaves. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111 500. That's 1300 111 500. Wellways supports 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.